What's up, witches? And welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And I am finally, I am so excited because I am finally going to get answers on what's up with Hecate. Yay. Yay. So um, that's what we're talking about today. Yes, specifically, we're going to talk about um, Hecate in the Hellenic context and her relationship with Dapnon, which is a monthly sort of holiday that occurs on the new or dark moon, wherein you give offerings to her. Um, we had stu- decided we were going to read a section of Bullfinch for this. Yes, and I, I want to tell you, I hate Bullfinch. I, I hate him. I get it. Okay. So, but the good thing is, I listen to Witch Space Podcast, and I remember... That Gemini on there said, Theoid.com is a great resource. So I went on there, loved it. Like, that's where I'm going to get my mythology. Yeah, Theoid.com is my favorite resource for Mm -hmm. Greek mythology. It's T-H-E-O-I.com. And it is like, like a, it's Wikipedia for Greek mythology that you can trust. It's got its sources beautifully cited at the bottom. It's got really detailed, really well-organized pages. And I like the way it was written. It was not... Bullfinch was just... I felt like I was in school. I felt like I'm reading this mythology for some class, and I wasn't enjoying it. Boom. I loved reading it online. And I think that this is a really good point to bring up is, you know, we do read a lot of books. We're academic witches. That's our shtick. But this isn't to discount or diminish the fact that a lot of these things are available online for us in trustworthy and appropriate sources. And so if you are maybe reading along with us in Bullfinch and having the same feelings as Scorpio, feel free, feel like very available to go to theoi.com, to go to a website that you have more comfort with because You're not going to want to do or, like, learn about a religion if reading about it makes you exhausted and bored and tired. Yeah, but I wasn't sure. You know, like, that's why I wanted to ask you, like, is it okay for me to deviate from Bullfinch because I was hating it? And it's like, I don't want to hate on Hellenismos. You know what I mean? So... And Bullfinch technically isn't Hellenismos. True, true. It's the mythology. Yeah. I mean, in reality, for me, there is no book that is Hellenismos. I don't have... Like a Hellenic Bible. Right. So wherever you... Not yet. You could always write one. (sighs) Put that on my list of books to write one day. The Hellenic Bible. First, the Book of Winds. Next, the Hellenic Hellenic Bible. Oh my God. I could really just like bust these out. You could. I gotta just quit my job and start writing witch books. Oh my God. I'm not doing that for anybody who's listening. That's not actually... (laughs) I'm not doing that. (laughs) But um, I actually pulled up theoi.com because it is such a convenient resource to just talk a little bit about who Hecate is and specifically who she is in the context of Greek religion. Mm-hmm. So um, there's lots of different ways to say Hecate. I'm just going to say Hecate because that's the one that I've been using my whole life. Um, I don't think that's the traditional Greek pronunciation, mm. but I don't speak Greek. So this is what we're going with. Actually... I won't know for this podcast, but one of, one of, she's just a friend of the family. She's, she's like my aunt, my Thea. And, um, she's coming back to New York because she moved away and she's Greek. Perfect. So, so I'm going to ask, I'm her. Gonna ask her. She's going to be like, why do you need to know this? I'm like, oh, just tell me. We're going to update you later. Yeah. In another episode of the podcast, how to actually pronounce Hecate. I'm just really excited that she'll be back for Greek Easter because she cooks really well. And I like going over for Greek Easter. 
Yeah. Anyway, so let's keep going. Um, you know, one thing I didn't know about her is... Are we jumping into her? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Is I didn't know who her parents were. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know that they were Titans. And I think I, I also got really in love with the whole history of like how Zeus chased Asteria. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, I love all that. But anyway, so here's the thing. Is she the goddess of magic, witchcraft, the moon, ghost, and necromancy to the Greeks? Or was that something that came later? So her traditional Greek worship is as a um, a psychopomp. Okay. And a psychopomp is a deity or spirit that helps lead the dead to the underworld. So she was very traditionally a goddess of the underworld. And I had said when we were going to read Bullfinch to read Medea, because Medea repeatedly calls on Hecate when she's doing her magic. But contextually, she's calling on Hecate because she's trying to do um, like a de-aging spell. Mm -hmm. She's trying to basically bring someone back from the dead and make them younger. So reasonably, she's calling on Hecate, a psychopump. And Hebe, or Hebe, a goddess of youth, the fountain of youth. She's calling on these people because of their patronage in the area she's working. She's not calling on Hecate because Hecate is like the magic goddess. Got it. So she does end up becoming representative of these things because she is the goddess of the crossroads and the goddess of um, sort of the underworld in a way. You find in a similar way to the way that Apollo was sort of syncretized into being a sun god, you find that as Greek religion moves on and as it becomes sort of part of Roman religion and works with Egyptian religion, then you start seeing her in more of like a magician-style aspect. So technically, yeah, there were Greeks that saw her as a goddess of magic, but this is a later context. Okay. So one of the things is there's a debate with Wiccans as to what Hecate is and some see her as a crone but many see that that's wrong like I don't see her as a crone figure if anything she's a mother figure not a cuddly mother figure but she's a mother figure um and some say that she really does represent the triple goddess that she is all three so I guess just to ask you like how do you see those interpretations even though I know it's not Hellenic but how do you see that it actually does come from um traditional Greek worship practices to see her as a triple goddess because a lot of the statues of Hecate at crossroads would have one face down each road. And so if you have a triple crossroad, you're going to see a triple goddess. And that was sort of where this belief came from, like, oh, well, she's the triple goddess because look, there's three of her. If there was a four-way crossroad, you'd see four Hecates. If there's a five-way crossroad, you'd see five of them. She is specifically the goddess of crossroads and, I mean, for me, I really translate that into liminal spaces as well. Yes. But it became sort of like, um, like a game of telephone almost with Hecate as like, this is how the Greeks saw her. Now we're taking that and we're morphing it a little bit. Now we're taking that and we're morphing it a little bit. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong to see her in a, a triple goddess aspect. But when you look back at like traditional Greek practices, she was actually more depicted as a maiden. And, like, her color is goldenrod. And that messed me up so much as a young person because when you are... I started in witchcraft in sort of eclectic Wicca. And so when you're starting in eclectic Wicca, you see Hecate often portrayed as, like, this older crone. She purples and dark blacks and she's, like, 
the the witch vibe. No one can see me do my weird hand motions, but I'm doing I'm make weird, them anyway. Like weird hand motions yeah. to go with it. And so me being like, oh, actually, she's like this really young chick, and she wears like bright yellow. Like that was. It was a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. Mm. But when you put into context, like, what Hecate represents, like, I get it. First of all, yeah, you should wear bright yellow so all these dead people, like, know who they're following. Nice big, like, traffic signal. Like, yeah. excuse me, we're going to Hades now. This way, with the air traffic controller hands. Follow me. So I get it. But it definitely is not, like, your traditional imagery the way that people, like, normally think of her. You know, I wonder where that traditional imagery comes from. You know, a lot of the images are, when we think about witchcraft, they're based on some mythology that's that's real. Like mm-hmm. you think of Caridwin and her cauldron. Yes, witches use cauldrons. Um, but then I wonder when it comes to something like Hecate, if people haven't just decided to write that whole Disney witch, mm-hmm. older, the crone, that's not wise, but evil. Yeah. You know? So I wonder where that comes from. You know, a lot of the images that we see of older goddesses when we think about that, um, is not based on their mythology. Like Karen, when yes, she has a cauldron and more of, you know, who has, who are the eyes that are interpreting what this particular goddess is going to look like? One of the reasons I suggested, um, reading Medea is for that reason. So in Bullfinch, if you're following along with us, there's really two sections that talk about Hecate and not really in detail about her, but just referencing her in the context of Greek myths and Greek sort of traditional culture. Mm -hmm. Medea is one of those. And then there's a section in Bullfinch talking about basically the underworld and and the different ways that the underworld works. The reason I suggested Medea is because Medea is very much looked at as like, how did the Greeks view magic? How did the Greeks view um, sorceresses? Right. And it's bad, right? There's like a very explicit note at the end of it that's like, Greeks thought this was bad and terrible. Yeah. The tragic flaw of her husband, who is Jason. It's not Perseus. I think it's Jason. The tragic flaw of the hero that marries Medea Mm. is that he marries a sorceress, Mm -hmm. right? It's... Is there a way in modern times to take a feminist perspective on Medea? Absolutely. But if you look at it in the traditional Greek way, you're not supposed to like her. Yeah. She is doing evil things. She's tricking people into killing their parents. She is using the powers bestowed upon her in whatever way in a really bad way. And so when people read that and saw her calling on Hecate... Okay, yeah, well, she's an evil goddess, obviously. Look at all the shit that she's given to Medea. Right. But in reality, the way that you call on deity or deity in Greek religion isn't necessarily, it wasn't tied to her ability to do the magic. It was just sort of like, hey, I'm doing this thing. You're in charge of this thing. Look favorably on me. In the same way that like a weaver would say, yo, Athena, I'm going to do some weaving. Look favorably on me. It's, um... In the way that we talked about in the introduction to Bullfinch, like, the relationship to the gods was so important mm. that it just permeated everything that you did. It wasn't that Hecate was doing the magic through Medea. It was that Medea, as a Greek woman, was exalting and honoring the gods in everything that she did. You know, I, I liked reading because 
I think I have these images from some movie. I don't know if it's Clash of the Titans. I don't know if it's Jason and the Argonauts. Mm-hmm. Right? All these movies that were always on TV when I was little. And like, I don't know where this comes from, but the guardian of the crossroads, right? But she's portrayed usually wearing keys, mm-hmm. these keys to the spirit world and uh, a three-headed hound. And the minute I read that, I went, this is from some movie. I've seen this in some movie. And yet I don't, I don't remember associating her any other time. Mm-hmm. Dogs, yes. A three-headed hound to me is very Greek mythology. Yes. Movie. Uh, you know, type of thing. Um, I like that it's all, it also said that she was a protector of those who might be vulnerable, such as warriors, hunters, herdmen, shepherds, children, and she loves dogs. She loves dogs. Um, so I, we can hear yours you can hear in the background. So, you know, he's been sick since Christmas. Not sick. He had one little thing and he's been going to the vet and he's taking his medication. He's good, but, um, he had to go to the vet. And after reading all this, I was like, did a little like meditation kind of like called on her like, this is not for me, but mm-hmm. this is for him. And like, he is, you know, such a great little guy, my little familiar. And I thought, I think she will. I think she will like definitely like protect him if possible and let the doctor see what they're supposed to see and all that. And, you know. Yeah. So I just thought that was wonderful. Like just having read that and then going in with him and going, yeah, I got it's going to be good. Yeah. Like, like she's got you. She's got you. Um, I also like that she's not protective in a nurturing way, but yeah. more like I will exact revenge on those that I'm protecting. Yes. And I think, I mean, I'm taking this to a Wiccan perspective. A lot of times people want to be all love and light. Yeah. And they think that you're either all love and light or you're this horrible thing and you're just doing hexes and you're just like whatever. And here comes Hecate who's like, I will protect you. I got you. Yeah. But... Yeah, I'm not going to protect you by, like, bringing you a pillow. I'm going to take a pillow to your enemies and, like, smother them. Yes. You know? Um, so I kind of feel like she also has that balance yeah. in her, which I really enjoy reading about. Um, and I also had another question. Yes. We have three days for Hecate, and I couldn't figure out what's going on. So I hear that it's – I hear – I read October 31st. I read November 16th is the night of Hecate. Right. If you only honor her once, that's the night mm-hmm. you should do it. November 30th is the day of Hecate, but Hecate at the crossroads. Yes. So does she have more? Because you also mentioned we're going to talk about Datemon. And I'm like, because none of them referenced that. And I went, oh, damn, what the heck's going on? So um, in Greek practice, there was, you would have just like days that you would honor certain deities. Okay. Um, also in certain aspects. My suggestion for this is for people to go to the Hellenion website, um, H-E-L-L-E-N-I-O-N.com. They have a calendar. So it'll show you, like, different days that you worship different gods in their different aspects. Um, it's super useful. That's way easier than, like, trying to piece it together from Bullfinch or from Feloy. Okay. Just to have it nice and, and made up for you. Yes, the those days exist. Um, I don't... No, I'm not, like, super... There are so many holidays in Greek culture is the problem. There's so many gods and goddesses that you can worship to the point where I could probably worship a god or goddess in one of their aspects every single day for the entire year. Okay. So for me, what I started with was Daipnon. Um, There is a really great resource, again, on the Hellenian website to explain what Daipnon is. 
But basically, Daepnon is um, the dark moon. And this is a time when Hecate gathers the... How do I want to phrase this? Gathers the dead, but like the restless dead. Hmm. She gathers the restless dead and she brings them down to the underworld. And when I first started reading about this, I was... I was confused, I guess, because death rites were so important to Greeks that I was like, restless dead? What are you talking about? But in reality, you know, people who weren't buried with the coins over their eyes, people who weren't buried um, in the proper way because of war or famine or etc., Hecate would round them up and bring them to the underworld, and the expectation was you would leave an offering for her at the crossroads. You'd leave, like, a leek or an egg or something at the crossroads for her. Um, I also, you know, some of the resources were, like, you don't go outside. You don't go out because you don't want the dead to see you. You have to stay in your home, which I'm sure in Greek times was much easier to do, but sometimes I have yoga on the dark moon and I'm I'm going to yoga. Sorry, Hecate. Um, it's almost... It reminded me very much reading about Daepnon to, like... Um, Sort of like the Day of the Dead, where it's like honoring the ancestors, leaving out food offerings for the dead, but not necessarily your ancestors or your dead, but the dead of the world. Got it. I, um, you were talking and I was listening to you and I, I picked up my phone. There is a poem to the restless dead. And the minute you said that phrase that she is, um, that it's the Day of the Restless Dead, I can't think of who wrote this poem because now I want to, and I just tried to look it up and I can't find it. So it's obviously not called The Restless Dead. Mm-hmm. But I, if I could just remember, because I know, there's a poem, and I'm just curious if it's to her. Yeah. You know, um, I'll find it and we'll, I'll, I'll send it to you when I find it because I don't know what it is now, but. Yeah, we'll post about it. Yeah. Yeah, Daepnon is, um, it's monthly, so it's every, every, every dark moon, every end okay. of, and, Specifically, the Greeks used the lunar calendar, so okay. the dark moon was the end of the month. So one of the things that I have done in the past is instead of actually doing Daepnon on the dark moon, I will do Daepnon at the end of the month. Oh. Because it is... It's easier. Yeah, it's easier for me. It's more realistic in my modern world. And also, I am, you know, revival revisionist. I worship in the context of the world that I live in now. So there are some times where... I'll do that. Um, I also try to make donations on Daepnon. I try to give an offering in the name of Hecate. So, like, I often will donate to an animal shelter because she's, you know, big on dogs. So I'll find, like, an animal shelter that primarily focuses on dogs. I'll donate them some money. I'll donate to um, organizations that help oppressed peoples, impoverished peoples, peoples that don't have... Because she is a protector of the vulnerable. Um, and I don't typically do that with other gods. I don't typically do, like, monetary donations. But I will do that for Daepnon. Why her? I really could not even tell you. Um, I... A lot of what I do is based on synthesizing readings, right? And I remember reading somewhere that people would donate their time. That as an offering on this day, 
you would like, you know, take care of a sick dog or like help someone out and that the modern sort of example of that for me is financially contributing. I do not have free time, like period, end of sentence. So financially contributing is my way of being like, I am giving unto the people that you protect. That's awesome. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I don't. I have it in my, <laughs> I have a bullet journal. Um, and in my bullet journal, I literally have a page that has all of the dates of date none for the year and like what I donated. So January's donation was, I was donating a bunch of um, stuff to like a Goodwill to like, here's all these things that I'm not using. Um, I haven't actually brought it to Goodwill yet. So I just have a box for Hecate in my house that, like, is hers. It's the donation that I'm making for January 25th, 2020. So, like, I don't want anybody listening to this podcast to think that I'm, like, the pinnacle of Hellenismos. I actually am terrible. Um, I'm really bad at doing things that involve leaving my house. And therefore, sometimes that gets in the way of my practice. Okay, but I think that's something that I think we should talk about right there. Because I hear a lot of witches saying that. I'm a ter- I am mean, I do it too. I'm a-, I'm a terrible witch. I do my daily devotion. Yeah. And I'll go, oh, I haven't been here in two days and blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. First of all, I think it's really easy to be on top of your game when it comes to your religious practice, if you don't have much else to do. This is true. Okay. If we're talking about simpler times, I'm going to get up at four in the morning and I'm going to milk the cows and I'm going to, you know, do whatever. And then I have like, I don't know, a couple of hours in the afternoon. There's no, nothing to distract me either. There's no TV. Yeah. I probably don't have money for books. I mean, forget TV. Do I have money for, do to books buy a even book? exist? Yeah. Do books even exist where I, I am living? And I probably have a lot of time to like work on scrying or, yeah. you know, whatever. So I think the fact that we take out whatever time, like you said, in a modern context, in a modern context, I don't think it's possible to do half the things, especially when I think about Greece and I think about people dedicating their lives to being part of a goddess's entourage in a sense. Okay, we don't have time for that. You have to go to work. I have to go to work. We have all these things to do. So I think we have to, as witches, we have to like let ourselves off the hook and we have to stop saying we're bad witches. I think we have to just say we're modern witches. There's a lot to do. I think the gods get this. Yeah. You know, I think it's about living your life in a way that's true to why you say you're a witch. I'm going to be really honest on the podcast right now. Oh, no, I'm afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. Okay. I mentioned when we did the introduction of Bullfinch that I'm a little bit apprehensive about being like the representation of Hellenism. <laughs> right. And so for me, I feel like I have to like, just remind everybody that there are ways to do Hellenismos that are not the way that I do Hellenismos. And so I think I'm like harsher on myself now that we're doing the podcast than I was before we were doing the podcast. Cause like as much as I would casually be like, I'm the worst, I do have a good relationship with my gods. And like, I don't in, in the real world, I just do what I got to do. But on here, I feel like I have to let everybody know, like, listen, you can be better than me. You could be worse than me. You could do it your own way. I am not the, I'm just telling you what my life is like. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I think I had that the first couple of episodes where I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm representing Wiccans. No, not really. I'm representing Brujas. And I'm like, no, because we, Brujas are from so many, so many different parts of Latin America mm-hmm. that we're all going to do something different depending on our tradition. But I got, I so got over that. I'm just like, listen, 
this is what I do. Yeah. This is who I am. And if anything, I think I'm not, I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not going to apologize if I don't do it quote unquote right. Cause I don't think anybody does it quote unquote right. And I think that the more we've read, the more we've realized that our whole foundation, yeah. whether, and I'm just going to say which, forget Wiccan, the whole foundation is a little, you know, a little skeptical about yeah. some of these people. But the fact that we're still here, the fact that we've all grasped onto something and that even though we may come from different traditions, we have a lot in common. Yeah. And whether you, you know, and I, I tease you all the time about the holidays and I'm like, you know what's coming up, right? In March. And you're like, there's a holiday coming up? And I'm like, yeah, Astara. Listen, I don't think people have to call it Astara. I don't think people have to celebrate a specific way. But I think we can't deny that there is a cycle to to life yeah. and to the year. And as witches, no matter what it is, if you notice, you talk to a witch from a different tradition, they may not celebrate a star, but there's something about spring and the coming of summer mm-hmm. and this, you know, so I think we're all in tune to something. And I think as long as you're being honest about how you want to be in tune with that thing, I don't think you have to call it anything if you don't, if you don't want yeah. to, you know, and I think that's the key thing to witchcraft now. And the more we do this podcast, I think that's the more the more I, I feel that way. So yeah. I'm just really comfortable just saying, this is what I do. And if there's somebody out there going, what is she nuts? You don't do it like that. Hey, you know what? It works for me. Back off. You yeah. know? So. That is very fair and reasonable. And I'm going to work really hard to internalize that. <laughs> I just, I feel like my, I, I just want everybody to love Hellenismus like I love Hellenismus. So I just get like, you know, like on edge. Like I just want it to be great. And then I have to backtrack and be like, it's never going to be great. This is just the real world. This is the life that I live. Like, if you hate it, you hate it. And I can't fix that. First of all, I think that everybody, even Wiccans, love Hellenismos. We all grew up with this, with these mythology. Yeah. With all these stories. You know, they still make movies about, heck, listen, you don't watch Sabrina, do you? Nope. So they did something terrible on Sabrina. Listen, people got to let me know how they feel about this Sabrina. So I'm watching Sabrina. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. If you have not seen the last season, close your ears. You know, fast forward. I don't know, but I'm going to talk about it. So they have the pagans come. And the devil witches hate the pagan witches. And their celebration of Astara and the green man. Uh-huh. Which is a weird time, Astara and the green man, because I'm like... Eh, Whatever. Um, but they have with them, they have Circe. Yeah, yeah. They've mixed in oh, no. some Greek mythology and they don't call her Medusa, but she definitely turns you to stone and all this stuff. It's just this mishmash of what's going on. But here's the thing. Even if you know nothing about Wicca, you know nothing about Hellenismos, you know these stories. Yeah. You know, um, the minute you see a Greek god, you know, oh my God. Okay. So this is this, this is that. Like people like it. Like, I don't know. I think everybody knows it. And I think to a degree, everybody likes it. Whether they want to be Hellenic is one thing, but I think everybody loves the myths. What's that to love about these guys? Yeah. Actually, the thing that I, as you're talking about that, I was thinking, I have a very large Medusa tattoo. Like down, what side of my body is this? The right right side of my body? I forgot about that tattoo. I didn't realize when I was getting my Medusa tattoo that this was like a very common image, that lots of people have Medusa tattoos. Okay. So when my artist... Who I love, his name is Ian Healy. He's in Brooklyn. You should hit him up. He's amazing. When he was drawing the Medusa tattoo, he was doing it in like the way that he normally does. And I had to stop him and be like, her eyes have to be closed. And he was like, why? It's like, 
I don't have the time or energy to explain to you, but, like, her eyes have to be closed. I'm not walking around with Medusa's open eyeballs on my body. Like, I worship this. No. (laughs) No. I'm going to turn people to stone. I'm not doing that. Could be helpful in the classroom. Oh, my God. When people are not paying attention. That would be. (laughs) Although that would be, like, that's a weird headline. Teacher flashes student. And turns to stone. (laughs) Yeah, this is how I gauge everything I do in the classroom is what the headline will be like if I get caught. So I'm really good at my job because I never do anything that would make a bad headline. Okay, I got to tell you something that I was thinking about this week. Mm-hmm. So when is Ash Wednesday? I have no idea. Okay, I have to look this up because I don't I don't know if it passed I already. I think um, Easter is on April Fool's this year. No, 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 it's not. It's April not, Fool's is, is a Wednesday. Just, oh, never mind. It's not Easter then. Easter's got to be a Sunday. Okay, Ash Wednesday. February 26th. It's coming up. Oh, shit. Okay, so it's next week. So I thought about it and I'm like, you know, I go to work and I see all these people with ashes on their head. Yeah. And nobody ever says, oh, I should do this after work. I can't come into work with ashes on my head. And yet I can't tell you how many times I have my um, burial ground pentagram that I mm-hmm. love and I won't wear it to work because I'm like, okay, this is too much. Like are people are going to say something. So I decided for this Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. if it was a work day and it is because we are off this week. Um, I'm wearing it. You should. If you can wear, you can put ashes on your head. I can wear a piece of jewelry. So I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm done with this. This is the first year that like, I have students who are actually like, who actually seriously think that I'm a witch. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's like a running joke in the school. Like, oh, ha ha ha. Miss Gemini is a witch. It's been like that the whole time. But like, it was very much a joke. But this is the first year where kids are like, well, miss, aren't you a witch? Can't you just, like, do that? They asked me the other day, like, can't you just make it snow? It's like, that's a... Like, your faith in me is amazing. And I would like you to keep doing that because it makes me feel great. But no, (laughs) I can't do that. It's weird. Because I'm like, I want to say yes, but I also don't want to say yes. (laughs) Right? Like, yes, I'm a witch. But I don't want you to say that to anybody important because I don't want to not get tenure. So, um, I have, like, parents of former students that follow me on Facebook, and I advertise my class. Mm-hmm. So, it's out. PTA might know. They might be listening right now. I don't know. Shout out to the PTA. We love you. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just kind of like, I think it's just some kind of crazy that everybody can talk about what they're going to do for Easter or Passover or... You know, my students have come in, they're like, I'm celebrating Ramadan, and I have to go, okay, well, today's a holiday, but I'm going to keep it to myself. Like, yeah. why am I keeping it to I'm Not that I have to talk about it. I don't have to talk about it. I don't talk about it. It's nobody's business. But I should be able to wear a piece of jewelry. Yeah. Like, that should not be something that I, I... I've put it on and taken it off at least three times the school year already, where I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. And I just think this is kind of... This is getting silly, if this is how I feel. So... You run, like, a very well-respected witch podcast, so you should be able to wear your jewelry. Yeah, I'm wearing my jewelry. So, anyway, I don't know. Where do we get? I don't know know how we got here, but. Oh, I know how we got here. We were talking about Dave Nunn, and then I had to explain that I feel feelings, and then. (laughs) Right, and how you don't want to be the the voice of Helen Ismos, but you are. In a way, you are. I don't know anybody else who is. Yeah. You know, so suck it up. 
I am not good at being the center of attention is what the end of that story is. Well, that's what I'm here for. That is, yes. That is the reason that we do this. If you were not here, there would be no Witch Space podcast. There would be no Witch Space anything. Like, there's a reason you're the head witch in charge. Mm. So something's about modern Wicca and Hecate. She's a karmic goddess that upholds the laws of the universe. And I love that. <laughs> goddess of beginnings and endings and all transformations, which... Um, the crescent moon is her sickle. Yeah, she does carry a sickle. And I love that. That, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's just kind of interesting for me to, to talk to you about this because, I mean, a lot of Wiccans follow Hecate yeah. as, you know, as Wiccans. Yeah. So, um, I think, um, I think Hecate is kind of a great jumping off point for interest in Hellenismos because it gives you sort of like a thing to do once a month that's easy but also like gets you into a rhythm mm. of doing worship um of making sacrifice of offering to the gods okay go ahead well, uh, I had a question yeah ask me a question okay so my question is this because you had mentioned earlier in another podcast that being Hellenic means you are worshiping the top 12 Minimum, yeah. Right. So you said it's okay to start with Hecate, but she's not one of the 12. No, she's not. So not is that disrespectful? I don't know what the word is. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, is yes. it okay to start that way if you're interested in Hellenismos? You're, you're laughing. I'm means- laughing because I, you, you know, two of the people that I hang out with and they're getting into tarot. And they ask me questions all the time about tarot, and I will just be like, you can do whatever you want. Um, and that's kind of my answer here. Like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Okay. I, if you are interested in becoming Hellenic, like, if you're listening to me and you're like, this sounds really great, I would suggest starting with Dayton Because the consistency of that day, I think, helps you to do the rest of the stuff. Got it. If you don't want to be Hellenic, YOLO. <laughs> right? You you only live once. You got to do what you got to do. Um, Hecate is not one of the 12. She's kind of chthonic. She's kind of an underworld deity. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. Um, but like Daytonon is the end of the month. And then you have two holidays that come right after that, the start of the month. So if you start with Daytonon and then start moving into like, okay, now I'm going to celebrate Numania. Now I'm going to celebrate Agathos Daemon. Then, okay, now I've got a consistent practice that I'm doing. Now I can start being like, Fridays are for Aphrodite. Saturday is Saturn. Anyway, you could start adding in, like, more specific worship days. Start adding in holidays like Theogamia, when Zeus and Hera get married. But having the consistent practice, I think, is something that really stabilizes Hellenismos, because we don't have a lot of that. We don't have, like, the Wheel of the Year, our holidays... Are, I mean, all of my holidays are on different days every year because it's the lunar calendar. So having that as a focus to start with gives you then the motivation and the momentum to move into the rest. Now, I have another question. So she's really not a goddess that you should... She's not frivolous. And I'm not saying you shouldn't start with her, but I guess my question is, let's say you start with her. And then you're like, uh, I don't know. What's it like to then pull back and say, you know what? 
This is a good question. Okay. This is a really good question. You don't have to have a relationship with Hecate okay. to celebrate Dave Nunn. Okay. So, like, Dave Nunn really can just be, I hard boil an egg and I leave it on a crossroads. I make a donation. I say, thank you. I'm doing finger guns. Thank you, Hecate. Don't bring the restless dead to my house and then move on. Um, it doesn't have to be, like, I sit and I meditate and I reach out and I try to create a bond with Hecate. Okay. It's just you are giving her this offering and giving an offering to the restless dead because that is what you do. If you do build a relationship with Hecate, that's dope. I feel like your familiar wants you to build a relationship with Hecate. I feel like that was a cute little sign. But um, Helen is most, you, you don't always have like a close relationship with the gods in the way that I feel like some Wiccans do. Yeah. It tends to be a little bit more Catholic. <laughs> Which I think is probably why I transitioned really well into it. It's it's much more separated. It's much more like they are the CEO of your company and you are a secretary. And so, like, you occasionally send them a note or, like, hey, you got a package. But it's not like you're going into their office and, like, shooting the shit all the time. <laughs> I'm really proud of that metaphor. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, I do date non, but I don't have a super close relationship with Hecate. I don't, like, reach out to her. Mm -hmm. I'm low-key afraid of her. I guess maybe it comes from the way we view our practice, since we're so different. Yeah. Because I mean, am I afraid? Look, to a certain degree, you gotta be careful even with the elements. Yeah. You can't invite the element of fire in and forget to say goodbye to him, because guess what? You know, it's going to burn down your house, yeah. whether it's metaphorically or, you know, physically. So you have to be conscious whenever you reach out to anything, any entity, any God, any spirit guide. Um, but I don't know. I think I've always been, so here's a big surprise. I've always been drawn to dark goddesses. Literally no one is surprised. Um, I don't know. I, I got it. Here's what? the thing. Yeah. Probably I could have included this in an earlier part of this podcast. Mm -hmm. In Greek practice in Hellenismus, you have daemons, D-A-I-M-O-N-S. Mm -hmm. Daemons are the spirits that act as messengers or intercessionary in between mortals and gods. So, like, as much as I say I have a good relationship with Hermes, I actually have a good relationship with Hermes' daemons. Got it. So, like, when I am at a red light, and I'm saying, hey, yo, Hermes, my guy, like, help a girl out. What I'm really saying is, Damon of the Red Light, who is sending this message to Hermes, help a girl out. Oh, that's interesting. No, when so it's I talk almost to the like, gods, I, I'm talking to them. Yeah, it's almost like saints. I have, like, little little guys Stop Catholicizing. I have, I have literally two religious contexts. I have Catholic <laughs> and I have Hellenic. That's it. <laughs> That's I mean, all I can work with here. I'm trying to work off of the CEO of the company. So thing. I am a, a bottom secretary calling right. the top secretary. Right, the executive secretary. The executive secretary, You're yeah. just, okay. When I see it, I see it as, okay, the office. Michael Scott. Mm -hmm, I've definitely seen the office. Okay. So I am Michael Scott to, oh my God, what's the guy's name? I don't know. I haven't actually seen the office. David Wallace. 
Wallace is the CEO. I am Michael Scott. Like, you know, so David Wallace would be my gods. Like, I don't see. Got it. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not Dwight talking to Michael to talk to David Wallace. I am I've, the guy. I'm Dwight. So, you're Dwight. <laughs> I'm Dwight. <laughs> you know, um, that's interesting. Yeah. So there's like this, and I mean, do I like probably actually have a relationship with Hermes where I can like talk to Hermes? Yeah. I have a relationship with Eris where, like, I mostly just ask her to please be nice to me okay. a lot. But, like, I send those directly to her. But there are those intercessionary sort of spirits that nine times out of ten, that's really what you're working with. Okay. No, I do a daily devo- – well, I used to do a daily devotion to my gods. And then my dog had that problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if the incense – is bad, so I don't burn the incense every day. And when I do, I close the door and I tell him he can't be in there, which is weird for him because that room is like our room and we go in there and I'm doing cards. So I don't, and it's winter, so I can't even open the window where I could say, okay, I'm going to burn the incense, you know, air it out, and then you can come in. So once I burn the incense, he's not allowed in there for a while just because I'm just being doubly cautious. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but that's like my time to talk to them. So. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I'm liking this. What else? Um, so know. what kind of things do you do at Date Moms? You say you um, donate money. I donate money. You Or time. If you have time and no money, right. donate your time. Yep. Um, and specifically to organizations that are appropriate for Hecate, I tend to suggest like animal rescues, ASPAs, that sort of stuff. But maybe even like the VA. The VA would to, be right? great. Those, those are warriors. Yes. Right? I'm trying um, to think um, if there's maybe a local farm or something like that where yeah. people... I also would suggest... Um, and kids. Like Kickstarters for people's illnesses. Mm. People who are like, I have no health care and I have cancer. I would donate to those as well. Right. Because those are vulnerable people. Right. Um, I also, like, the traditional offerings is sort of you leave a plate out. Um, she likes boiled eggs. I'm vegan. I don't do that. She likes leeks. Okay, you can do that. Yeah. Um, but also, I've seen people explain it as just, like, leaving a plate of whatever you've made that oh, night. So, okay. like, you leave a plate for the dead. Um, the egg can go at a crossroads. The leak can go like at a crossroads if you ha- want to leave your house, which I don't ever want to leave my house. I do literally live across the street from a crossroads though, so maybe I should be better at this. <laughs> it's literally like literally across the street. There's a three way. Look, it's my desire to go outside is predicated by the weather. When it's cold, I am. In my house, I never want to leave, but we had a couple of days where it was super warm and you couldn't get me inside. I was like, wee, I am free. I'm going outside. I don't leave the house, period, end of sentence. But yeah. Yeah. So um, monetary offering, time offering, food offering. Also, technically, don't leave the house. Okay. Once it gets dark, I would just stay home. I don't. I go to yoga. I really care about yoga. Okay. But besides yoga, I'm not going anywhere else. Okay, I guess that doesn't even count then, because yoga is like a thing you're doing for your health kind of thing. Like, if you yeah, go and home... when I'm being really good, yoga is an offering to like Athena and Aries, so I feel like I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, because it's for another god. That's good, but yeah, yeah, and really, I think that the the theme of this episode 
is that you could do whatever you want (laughs) and that you should find what resonates with you. And if it's a traditional Hellenic practice, go for it. If it's a more Wiccan take, go for it. Yeah. And just do what makes you feel fulfilled and in touch with nature. Before we go, we absolutely have to talk about something amazing that's happening. Oh my God. I am so, I don't know if it's nervous, excited. I don't know what it is. Probably both. Yeah, probably both. So Scorpio is doing a class. I'm doing a class. My witchcraft class starts tomorrow and I can't wait to like see everybody. Like I just can't wait to start interacting with everyone. Absolutely. And seeing what questions they have and... If I can figure out how to do it, I want to see if I can do a little Facebook Live, like at a time when people are responding, like maybe I can just come on and I can like talk to them and they can ask me questions like live. Um, But I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that in people's time. Uh, It's going to be a time difference. I think a lot of people are from all over the place. So I feel like anybody who's listening right now who is also signed up from the class, if you just want to like send some positive vibes towards getting that Facebook Live done, I mean, yeah, just send some some energy into that. Or even just mention it on there. You can just say, hey, we're doing this Facebook Live thing because I got some questions. So, yeah. So it's going to be a little crazy because I'll be at work. But every break I have, I'm going to be on there just checking on people, coming home, doing that. So I'm psyched. I'm super psyched. And we're, of course, you'll have seen it on our Instagram. And you'll see some more probably in our stories a little bit about it as well. I'm super excited for it for you. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm really excited to do it. I never thought I would do something like this. I'm not surprised. But it's fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I guess that's a wrap. Thank you to Sean McShane for the great music because, I mean, he's our whole sound. Yeah. And I even used it for the intro of the class. I couldn't help myself. I was like, no. She played a video for me before we did this, and it was just like the coolest thing ever to hear our intro music in like a class. Yeah. I died. It's fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening to us. Thank you to everybody who signed up yes, for the class. Yes, thank you. Oh, my God. And, of course, remember, if you're following the moons... You're following us. <laughs>